Hey, this is Todd coming to you from the uh, Sports Library and Spirituality in Verona, Wisconsin. And I just want to say thank you to, to Anchor and Spotify for the, uh, the chance to be, the chance to have a podcast. And I would like to also say thank you to the listeners, too. Thank you. All right, it's Todd coming from the uh, Sports and Spiritual Library here in uh, Icy Verona, Wisconsin. Um, want to do some more Packer Pride. I got the uh, the next setting here. The next one is going to be person to start off with Donald Driver. But the Packer Pride is uh, a book that Leroy Butler took part with with uh, Rob Reichel and the four is Bentley. Willie Davis, and the uh, great book. There's a lot of little bios and a lot of Packers, and uh, I find it interesting. And it, copyright date is the uh, 2013. Um, just a little information too is you probably all know with the uh, jumping into the jumping into the end zone uh, bands, as, and uh, you know that. The Lambo Leap was originated by Leroy Butler. All right. With all that done, let's get down to Donald Driver here. Donald Driver's remarkable Green Bay Packer career spanned 14 years and included 743 receptions and 61 touchdowns. That's a, uh, that's a wonderful career. That's, he's been one of the best ever, and he was a, uh, he came from, he came, nobody expected it out of him when he came into the NFL. But if anyone is ever looking for a play that best sums up Driver in his remarkable rage, rag, rags to riches story, all they need to do is pop in a tape from December 5th, 2010. Few will remember that the Packers defeated the 49ers that day, 34-16. What no one will forget was Donald Driver's 61-yard touchdown that ranks among the Packers' top individual efforts of recent memory. That was one of the best plays I've ever been a part of, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers said afterward. No one was arguing. Green Bay led the visiting 49ers 14 to 13 early in the third quarter. Clearly needed a spark. Enter date, enter driver. On Green Bay's opening drive of the second half, the Packers faced second and 16 at their own 39. Driver lined up in the right slot and found a hole in the San Francisco zone defense. Driver hauled in a strike from Aaron Rodgers in the 49, at the 49ers' 38-yard line. Immediately spun away from safety Reggie Smith at the 30. Driver then ducked under tackle attempt by safety Deshaun Golden at the 22. Cornerback Nick Clemens had an angle on Driver, but, but Driver simply shoved him out of the way and at the 10. 349ers finally. Corral driver at the four, 
But he dragged them into the right corner of the end zone for an improbable 61-yard touchdown and a 21-13 Green Bay lead. Green Bay went on to an easy win that day, and two months later, they won the 45th Super Bowl. I thought Driver's touchdown was the biggest play in the game. Packers coach Mike McCarthy said that day. I thought it ignited our football team. We needed that. We had some plays where the ball probably didn't bounce our way or a call that didn't go our way or that's football. But I thought Donald Driver's play was clearly the biggest play in the game. And we were able to take off from there. I just agreed. It was incredible, the quarterback said. Donald maybe one of the men Sorry, Donald made one of the most amazing catches and runs I've ever seen. When he was at about the 20, I was thinking, go down, go down, don't get drilled. And then when he broke another tackle, I was hoping he'd get he'd get in the, in the end zone. Like I said, one of the fam- most amazing plays I've ever seen to, I've ever seen here. Driver had been left for dead by many prior to that play. The Packers veteran wideout was in the middle of a quiet two-month stretch. After catching 18 balls in the first three games of the season, Driver had just 16 receptions between weeks 4 and 12. Driver had also been hampered with a quadriceps injury and was the target of fewer balls from Rodgers. Many had started to wonder if age had finally caught up to the Packers rig. During the remarkable catch and run, the 35-year-old driver offered his rebuttal. My whole thing but is that sometimes you want sometimes you don't want to be denied. This week, last month, you could say everybody was just writing me off, saying I was done. My thing is I felt like I had to prove something. Early every year I've been playing in the league. It seems like I have to prove something. I'm okay with that because it just makes me who I am. Today was one of those was one of those things. Today was one of those things. I saw the ball, made the catch, and I wasn't going to be denied going into the end zone. Whatever I had to do when I saw it. I wasn't going to go down. That had always been my. That had always been driver's modus operandi. Driver was an undersized, overlooked seventh-round draft choice back in 1999. In his first three years in the league, he had just 37 catches and three touchdowns. Many questioned whether Driver belonged in the NFL, but Driver. Always used the critics as his number one source of motivation. I love it. I love the doubters, he said. And has always that's always been my one my thing. If you're not going to believe in me, I don't need you to I don't need you to believe in myself. I believe myself and I'm, my family believes in me. I don't get any newspapers. I don't get to see any of that other stuff. I just get to a point where I don't pay attention. I have friends that will send me emails that say, hey, this person said something about you. But at the end of the day, it's no big deal. 
People are going to say what they're going to say. There's nothing I can do about it. Just try and continue to prove them wrong. Driver did just that. When Driver moved into the starting lineup in 2002, he became Brett Favre's top target and earned a spot in the Pro Bowl. Driver would eventually play in three Pro Bowls. Went on to a set a bevy of franchise records. Green Bay ranks number one in franchise history and receptions. 743 receiving yards, 10,137. Driver holds the team record with seven seasons of 1,000 yard receiving and is second in team history and games played 205. Driver who became a national celebrity after winning the uh, coveted Mirrorball Trophy on Dancing with the Stars. Stating remarkable physical shape. The 193 pound driver kept his body fat around 4%. Worked out once a day, ate only baked and organic foods. Sounds an unusual athlete, Packer General Manager Ted Thompson said. Remarkable in some ways. Father Time eventually caught every Father Time eventually catches everyone though, and Driver was no different. Following the 2012 season, Driver called it quits after a brilliant 14-year career. Father Time eventually catches everyone though. Driver was no different. Even though I feel I can still play the game, God has made this answer clear to me. The time is now, Driver said, the day of his retirement. I have to retire at Green Bay Packer. I've always said I never wanted to wear another uniform, but always the green and gold. Never was Packer Nation more happy to call Driver their own than during this remarkable run and catch against the 49ers in 2010. When Driver enters the Packer Hall of Fame someday, which is a foregone conclusion, that clip will undoubtedly be played over and over. He's Hercules, offensive coordinator Joe Philbin said that day. It was a great run. You've got to give him a lot of credit. They couldn't drag him down, and I'm really pleased about it. Just like the Packers was always pleased to have Driver on their side. All right. You know, one thing about Driver is that he's got a great book out there. And I don't think really think that many people don't know the uh, story of how he grew up in Houston. He was in gangs. He was in, he was in gang, a lot of gang activity. And he was in, I think, I know he was in some, he did some robberies and I don't know, that wasn't, the way I was reading between the lines is, I think he killed some guy down there too, with it. he shot him before, before he got out of that gang situation, and uh, I think he went to live with his uncle or something, but anyways, once he got some more, into some more structure in his early life, because they were able to see the athletic talent that he had, and he was able to change, to change his, uh, his behaviors and his attitude. Um, 
got all that gang life, you know. You know, it's just like being a gang life is just like being an animal. You, you see, you react, and you don't care about your future. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's what happens. And I know he was, he was doing, I said he some drugs and stuff like that. And, uh, well, like I said, once he, once he got out of there, he was able to go to Elkhorn State then. He became, he became a world athlete. Um, I think there's a pole vaulter or something, but anyways. But anyways, I'm, I'm gonna. I gotta drive. I got the John Driver book around here. I'll probably. I need to read it, and I can do it a little bit on it too. He, uh, he's incredible. He really is. The time I saw him too is that he was at this caravan thing they do, and and uh, about 30 miles from that old town called Stoughton, and um, it was pretty cool because they had the lights off, and before he didn't even turn the lights off, people were kind of poking their head, and he's like, hey! I like to see that, you know, because that's affectionate towards the, towards the fans and stuff like that, and, you know, they don't, they don't have to, uh, they don't have to, they don't have to shake them awake, you know? <laughs> so what happened was they ended up, they ended up, uh, You know, it was, it was awesome. I went to the Super Bowl and that stuff. And that, that particular play, there was a lot more of those plays that he had. And it just that was just one of the ones that was uh, man, famous. But it's always going to come down to one play that everybody remembers, like the... Uh, Ice Bowl touchdown, but you know there's a lot. There's a lot of quarterback snakes and Brett and uh, Bart Starr's there where he got first downs, but um, but it was just time and the nature that he did it. That's what that's what it was all about. So Antonio Freeman, a free first guy here. He was one of the uh, best return guys I'd ever seen. I used to read this. Scouting report and said, not real fast, but a 4.65 40-yard dash. So why did he keep getting deep on our corners in practice? Remember Robert Brooks is Robert Brooks is running the same thing they said. We had a book, we had a book on uh, on our own guys. I told our coaches, you're all full of crap. This guy is running past our guys all day long. And when they put him on the inside on the slot, woo. To me, Donald Driver was the toughest guy in the world, and that's the entire NFL because he caught 70% of his passes between the white lines. A lot of the guys don't do that. But I don't think I've seen a smarter receiver when it comes to knowing coverages than Antonio Freeman. Once he released, he knew what coverages you were in. I said to him once, Come here. Come here, man. You were a return guy at Virginia Tech. How did you know that was cover two? He he said he looked at a footwork, looked at the division, because he always had a two-way 
two way to go. He'd run this if we were in cover two and run that if we were in, co in cover four. A lot of receivers don't do that. We call him Quick Man because he ran like a duck. I'm sorry, they call him Quack Man because he ran like a duck. But he was smart as hell. Damn, he was smart. He knew it. There were two people besides Brett who always knew they were going to what they're going to do. Mark Chimura and Free. Free used to catch the ball. Free used to catch balls over the middle. I remember the uh, the San Francisco safety Tim McDowell coming up to me and saying, "Where'd you all get that boy from?" They told me he was just the return guy. I said, "You better you better quit believing those reports. He's full fledged receiver on the outside and on the inside." People kept telling us he was slow. In that Super Bowl, he went 81 yards per touchdown. He outran their whole secondary. But everyone kept saying he was slow. He was, he had deceptive speed. We have this thing in his compliment to receivers if they can get it, because not all of them get it. Call the number, a number tree. A2 is a slant. At nine is a go, and it's number three. The reason why Jerry Rice was the best was that he would run the run the number three, run the number three at the same speed. Slant, same speed. Go, same speed. Antonio was one of the few guys that could do that. Not everybody could do that, so I could never guess what he was running. His pad speed and his football speed were the same, absolute same, and that's hard to cover. We knew what Randy Moss was doing, and when he was loping, we knew what Chris Carter was doing. With some guys, you just know. But with Free, when he came off the ball, he didn't know what he was running, but it's just a tribute to him. And even today, I tell all the little league receivers to go watch number 86 because he's doing it all at the same speed. Primo is damn good. He used to he used to rip Tampa apart, and they'd be doubling him the whole game. He'd say, "Roy Lee, that was my nickname." It don't get it don't matter. Freeman, damn, he was good. The thing about Freeman was that he was tough. You know, in that 96 uh, season, I remember him playing against Tampa Bay with a broken arm. Um, that can happen. He, he still caught touchdowns in that. He, he was not a, he's tough, you know, and that's what, I'm glad they pointed out the, uh, the return man, because I know one thing too, he helped in that category also. I believe it was 1995 uh, game against the Atlanta Falcons. That was the uh, turning point. Was his return, um, a punt return for a touchdown. And you think too was that you know they talk about when he played, he played the Patriots and he, he caught that pass from Barber. I don't know how many yards it was, 90 some yards or whatever. But he just blew past everybody and. Uh, 
you know, that, that was the thing, too. And the thing I remember, too, is a 1990, I want to say it was 1996, uh, third game. I believe it was October 1 against the Bears at, Atlanta, at uh, Soldier's Field. Um, what he did was an amazing catch. He went over, or far from a far from a, the ball up in the air to him because he was the only one that could go get it. But he laid on the he laid in the air. He didn't jump up a straight, but he laid in the air as the top of his jump, going like Superman style, and grabbing the ball and going down in a touchdown. And I was, I was like, wow, I don't believe he just did that. You don't see that much. The type of body angle he was at. It looks like Lynn Swan. And, uh, you know, they, they've often, they often talk about his, uh, you know, they often talk about how great he is and all that stuff. And I remember that 1993 draft. They took, no, it had to be 95, I'm sorry. But they took Brian Williams and Freeman. And Dorsey Levins was in that draft, I believe. I might be wrong on that. But they took those guys and it was just like they developed him. And George Teague, too. And, uh, what happened was those guys just became great players. And sometimes it's not the first round pick that, it's not the first round pick that turns out is it's the guys in the bottom of the draft. It's the guys like Driver, you know, Freeman's kind of like right in the middle. It's, it's guys like that, that turn out really good. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find a, uh, it's hard to find a Reason why these guys didn't turn on the fact they had first round picks club. Um, it might be work ethic. You know, case in point with the John Michaels. Um, you know, and George Teague and Wayne Simmons. We're in that draft, I believe. Um, they were first-round defensive picks that turned out did pretty well. You know, I mean, they weren't incredibly superstar Hall of Famers, but and George T put in some good time in Green Bay and he had some big plays. And you know, Brian Williams had he had a lot of big plays too. He had a really great play into the uh, Super Bowl. But the thing was, was that you know if if we all put our, put it in their best memories, I think we could come up with a lot of great plays that all these guys had had during the uh, middle 90s and, and, and into the 2000s. So what a fun what a fun time that was to watch football in the Packer band. Jim Grabowski. Jim Grabowski was born and raised in Illinois. He played collegiate at the University of Illinois. Spent a year with the uh, hometown 40, hometown Bears and broadcast fighting in Illini games on the radio for more than three decades. But Grabowski's loyalties wound up wrestling with the uh, wrestling with the team to the north 
There's no question. I always rooted for Green Bay, Grabowski said, with good reason. Grabowski's first-round draft pick in 1966 played fullback for the Packers for five seasons and helped Green Bay win the first two Super Bowls. And while Grabowski never developed into the Pro Bowl player, many thought he would he would hold his career was extremely solid. Packers coach Grabowski said, I don't have any great regrets. It was a good ride. Packers coach Vince Lombardi took aim at his backfield of the pitcher when he selected Grabowski with the ninth overall selection in the 66th draft. Lombardi had drafted Donnie Anderson in the first round of the previous year and hoped the pair would be the next Jim Taylor and Paul Horning. That was a tough act to fall, said Lee Remmel, Green Bay's former executive director of public relations and the team's unofficial historian. I don't know a lot of guys that could have lived up to that. Grabowski and Anderson were known as the Gold Dust Twins. That's because Grabowski was given $400,000 to signing bonus. While Anderson's seventh breath overall previous year received a $600,000 signing bonus. That's astronomical numbers from back in the 60s. I believe, you know, Namath, I think, was back in that area. I think he got $400,000. But he was earlier. He was like, he was in like in a 64, I believe, signing bonus. Or I mean, 64 year. Then he came into the AFL. Might have been even earlier than that, but it was around that time that he came into the AFL. And they, what was going on back then? They're having that AFL NFL uh, battle. And they're putting guys up in hotels to try to protect them, and you know, and trying to trying to get them away from uh, keep them away from the competition because they would have them all staked out, and they would try to have to hide them in a hotel room. So they uh, they didn't get a sign of the AFL, and because uh, they had to wait until I think they had to wait until a certain deadline for the uh, before they could sign. So, anyways, that's uh, that's a lot of uh, political stuff going on back then, I guess. Politics. Time the NFL teams were bidding against clubs from the AFL for talent. Which drove the prices to heights previously unseen. And that didn't always sit well with the veterans. I know Taylor wasn't real happy about that, but that's how it works then, if you wanted to get a player. Grabowski certainly walked into an ideal situation. During his rookie year, he got to sit, learned behind Taylor, and even scored a touchdown in 18 yard fumble recovery in Green Bay's 34 27 victory over Dallas in the NFL Championship game. Two weeks later, Packers rode to Kansas City, 35 to 10 in the first Super Bowl. I was just in absolute awe. Grabowski said of his rookie season playing under Lombardi. Here I come from the city of Chicago. I get to play with the world champion Green Bay Packers. I was half scared, half excited. It was an unbelievable experience. By Grabowski's second year, Lombardi had cut ties with 
pointing at Taylor, and the rushing hold fell in the lap of Grabowski and Anderson. Early in the season, Grabowski set what was then a franchise record with 32 carries against Chicago. Later, he ran for 123 yards to help Green Bay defeat the New York Giants 48-21 on Lombardi's return home. For the, by the end of the year, Grabowski led the team in carries, 120 in yards, 466. And once again, the Packers are Super Bowl champions. I just thought this is going to be gone forever, Grabowski said. And in some ways, the second Super Bowl team was probably more gritty than that first one. We probably weren't as talented, but we had guys step up and play well at the end of the year and do what they had to do to help us win. In retrospect, as soon as I as soon as I look back on it, the best part was the guys that made up those teams. There were just so many class guys. Guys that self-epitomized class. And it wasn't an incredible time. It was an incredible time, definitely. But what Barry saw, he had an aging team on his hands that was probably fortunate to defeat Dallas in the 1967 championship game. Game on its way to a Super Bowl. Game on its way to a Super Bowl victory. So he bolted and handed the reins to Phil Bankston. Following season, Green Bay failed to qualify for the playoffs. Even with Vince, I don't think we would have made it to the playoffs, Grabowski said. There were a lot of guys that had around quite had been around quite a while. We had a lot of injuries occur. And didn't Phil's defense? He was considered by almost everybody to be out of the to be one of the brightest defensive minds around. We just had a lot of guys that had been around a while that weren't as good at the same level. After rushing for a career high 518 yards in 1968, Grabowski ran for a combined total of just 471 yards in the final two seasons in Green Bay. Grabowski, who played 220, at 220 pounds, was known more as a fullback who was quick off the ball rather than punishing type. But an injury caused him to lose some of his uh, burst and explosiveness. Grabowski finished his career in his Chicago uniform, but to the day he's a Packer through and through. And uh, nobody else told you that the limited day. I do. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Todd. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to the show today. And if nobody else has told you that they love it today, I do. Thanks. It's Todd coming to you. It's Todd from the uh, from the podcast, and I'm just asking for to give us a five star review and to hopefully you like this podcast because I hope you give us a five star review. But also, uh, if you could give us a five star on the Twitter too. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, WordPress. So. If you get give us good reviews on that, we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks.